Heavenly Father, God, I, I thank you for our time together, God. I, I do pray, Father, that um, as we come into uh, this time that we would press in, Father, to what you have for us, Lord. I, I thank you for this time of worship, Father, the time of the word. We thank you that your word never comes back void, God. So I pray that in each and every one of us, Father, that our hearts would be good soil, Father, that you would strengthen Rob for what you've called him, the message that you've called him to to bring forth today, God. I, I do lift up churches all across this nation today, God. I pray that, uh, Father, conviction would fall, repentance would come forth, God, that we uh, as believers, as the bride of Christ, would honor you in all that we say and all that we do, Father, as we go and we and we walk out this life that you've called us to. So I pray, Father, that we would never take for granted what you've given us, God, that we would uh, nurture it, God, and we pray, Father, that everything that we say and that we do would give you honor and glory, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <laughs>
And the burdens that 
overcame death yes and that as believers father lord the hope that we have of eternal life in christ and so father we pray for our, our family here lord and the individuals lord of a part of our fellowship who are facing these challenges today god let them know that we love them lord that we're here from them lord and uh, father lord that you would just Lead us on how we can come alongside and just be a support for them. So, Father, I thank you for that, Lord. I, I thank you, Father, for your word, Lord Jesus. God, the comfort that we can find just in your word, Lord, in challenging seasons of life, whatever it may be. I know so many different people are facing some 
huge mountains in the way. Yes. But God, you are a mountain mover. Yes. And Father, we thank you for that. So Father, as we gather today, Lord, though it may be with um, just hearts of um, just being, you know, feeling overwhelmed, Lord, but God, I thank you that as we open your word, just what we can receive, Father, um, to strengthen us in this hour, Lord. And so, Christ, we look to you, Jesus, the author and the perfecter of the faith in which you've begun in us, and that are faithful to see us through it and to mature us in it. So just bless our time, Father, I pray. I pray that we'd be attentive to the leading of your Holy Spirit as your word is being read, Father, and that our hearts would be of good soil to yes. receive. Lord, that ultimately, God, that our lives will produce lasting fruit for the glory of your kingdom. And this is what it's about, advancing your kingdom. And so, Lord, have your way among us and in us and through us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Good morning. Oh, my goodness. Good morning, girls. Morning. Oh, I know, but good morning, everyone else. But I... Oh my goodness. I missed you all. It's good to see you. Oh wow. That was beautiful to turn around and see. As well as you all. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Brother. Don't worry about you. Don't worry about you. Y'all are cute too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alright, so Genesis chapter four is where we're heading. Genesis chapter four, verse seven. <laughs> but before we go there, I want to remind us of our verse for the year. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you at the high price, so... You must honor God with your body. So this concept that we do not belong to ourselves. Yes. That Christ purchased us. Before that purchase, we belong to someone else. To the enemy. To our very old nature. That, rebellion, that rebellious nature within. You know, before Christ, Satan... Blinded us. This great deceiver. The very one who thought that he could overthrow and over topple, topple over the throne of God. The very one and deceived angels to, to follow him. The very one who is ruling and reigning and running amok in this world. But God is sovereign. Amen. None of that takes God by surprise. God has made a way even through the darkness of deception, through the chaos that the enemy bursts forth, that ultimately we're responsible for. And I love the post that I posted the other day that we can't blame the devil because it's our choice. The fallen creation. Ever since Adam and Eve, they. They birthed it out <laughs> because they chose. They chose to disobey God. And even then, God wasn't taken by surprise. You see, the comfort that we find in Scripture 
is that the cross was always purposed even before the earth was formed. Amen. The cross. Christ knew his purpose. The cross was set before him. There had to be love displayed to all creation. The Father is going to display his love through his Son. The hope that we have in the resurrected Christ that endured the shame of the cross, who took upon our sin, took upon the wrath, and laid upon us his righteousness for those who would believe in him. And so when you think about this great price that was paid for you, it's the precious blood of Christ. It's his very body. To deliver you from the enslavement of sin, from the power of sin and death. This is the good news, you all. If you're in Christ, you were once darkened. You were of the dark. But in Christ, you've been brought into the light. You've been engrafted in to the kingdom of God. To the family of God. You've been given the right to call him Abba, Father. Like Again, nothing missing, nothing broken. Jesus says, peace I leave you, peace I give you. This peace in which I give you, the world cannot give you. Mm. It's this wholeness. And this is what we're learning to live out of now. If we're truly in Christ, if we've been born again. That we're now learning to mature and to grow in this truth that we are whole. Not because we followed a list of rules. Not because we, we, you know, we did everything right. No, it's because Christ did. Christ did. And this is whom we base our belief and our faith in. It's all Christ. It's Jesus. It's all Jesus. There's nothing of me. There's nothing of you. It's all Him. And this is the message in which we have to share. But when we think about it, when we hear this verse, and I'm going to continue to encourage us in this, what does it look like to live this out? What does it look like to get up every single day and realize that my life is not about me, myself and I? My body does not even belong to me. <laughs> my mind, my heart, my very being, the very essence of who I am as a person no longer belongs to me. <laughs> but it's been purchased. And now, and now, I'm to honor God. And that's why I love the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God. With all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your body, and with all of your strength. Mm -hmm. Love the Lord your God. Mm -hmm. I love it too when Jesus tells us that apart from Him you could do nothing. That we're called to abide in Him, to remain in Him. I also love the fact that when he prays in the garden, he prays for the believers and he says, I don't want you to take it out of the world you know, because I'm sending them into the world. But he prays that we would be protected mm. by the name in which he has been given. Mm. The name of Jesus. Mm. And every generation that rises up on this earth, he has a remnant of his, of his people. Purposed and planned to do the will of the Father. See, Jesus is our example. This is who we look to. We don't look to we don't look to men, we don't look to women, we don't look to others, we don't look to the super saints of the church. 
Though it's nice to read their testimonies, it's nice to see them live their lives before us, but we're focusing on Jesus. And Jesus, he came to do the will of the Father. He came to serve. And that's our position. You know, I shared with you before, one of the trainings I went through when I was out in the theme park industry is when little children get lost amongst this huge crowd of people. That when you approach them, you don't stand over them. Right? You kneel. You kneel. You get right down with them. And you make them feel comfortable. And that's what Christ did. He stepped down and kneeled. And he says, I've got you. Keep your eyes off all the chaos around you. All the crowds and all the noise. Just focus on me. We're going to make a way. And he does. He makes a way. And it's through him. And it's only through Christ. That's why Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am life. There's no other way to the Father except through me. Now the enemy and the world system and even our own nature, old nature, loves to pretend there's all these other ways to satisfy the, the flesh, the rebellion that we're in <coughs> towards him. No, you're not God. We've created our own gods. We want this to be God. And none of that, none of that is God told you, all these false religions that are out there, they all have an element of truth in them. Because that's how the enemy works. It's always just a little bit of truth, but it's not the whole truth. It's how he lures us in. Shh. It's okay. And we bite into it. But it's not okay. So again, this concept of being purchased, this concept that, that our lives are not our own, that we've been bought Price that we're to honor God with everything. This is what we're growing in, you all. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. Though I've heard incredible testimonies where people, boom, delivered, and my God, God did something amazing. But that's far from you. It's a process that takes place because you're learning to die to the old. You're not hiding the old. There's a lot of people who hide the old. They, right. they just suppress it. <laughs> they do all the steps and all the stuff, and they look good on the outside. <laughs> but on the inside, they're still filled with death. They know all the right words. They, all, they know all the right ways. But they don't know Christ. And how sad. And that's why I've always tried to encourage you all, be transparent First before God, and then before man. This concept that the church has found herself in, that it's okay to hide what is going on. Because less people find out. And yet again, we're allowing the created to determine our steps. Mm. Instead of the creator to determine our steps. I'm telling you, the past couple weeks, I'm engaging with some intense counseling with people. People not even of our fellowship. Just people who've heard of our fellowship. 
they're going through things that my God, just go Lord. And there's just a few of them I've been encountering, you know, with just for three weeks, just sharing the word of God, sharing the word of God. Because I always tell people that's all I have. Like if you want worldly counsel, okay, I can counsel you that way. <laughs> but that's not really what I have for you. Like it's just the word of God. There's nothing else but the word of God, truth. And man, I've been so blown away by just what truth has done in just a few weeks. Mm. Just one testimony. Just one person I'm engaging with. All of a sudden, he said, I feel free. I've carried this for so many years, mm. but I feel free. Mm. And not only do I feel free, <coughs> My girlfriend sensed that there's a, a level of freedom in me. And, and now we're sitting down, and, and she's not even a believer, but she's like, so, so share scripture with me? Mm. Mm. And then he tells me this weekend, man, Pastor, my roommate sees me and my girlfriend sitting there reading scripture, and now he wants to sit with us and hear scripture. And I go, wow, God, that's beautiful. Because it's all Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's all Jesus. This is the living word. Mm -hmm. And yet, understand the warfare against this. Because of the warfare that's against him. And again, we're living in a nation now that wants to deconstruct the faith. The denominations are confused about the foundations in which they're standing upon. The majority of them. <laughs> it's like they woke up and all of a sudden everything they believed over the years and their, and their stance and their foundation is like, oh no, we must <laughs> deconstruct it and rebuild it for the culture. I go, huh? It doesn't even make sense as a believer. That would even make sense. So that's why I really want to challenge you all. Like you just can't be flippant about your Christianity. You, you just don't roll out of bed. I go, I'm a Christian. I'm just going to go about my day. No, this is an all-out war for your soul. This is an all-out war for the souls of mankind. And once your eyes have been opened, you're not going to settle for what's back over here. You're not going to keep being like that dog that keeps you turning to its vomit. Just lapping it up. You're not going to be a pig that was once that's clean, but then just run back to the mud. No, no, you've been clean. Right. You say, well, I don't feel clean. I still got all these issues. Okay. <laughs> you may still feel it. <laughs> you may still experience whatever. But it's who you were right. once. Now grow out of it. Right. You don't have to suppress it. You don't have to pretend with it. You don't have to name it and claim it and believe it and scream it. No, no. You don't have to go through all these motions and all these weird things that people do. You just have to believe upon the Lord Jesus. Amen. Is he the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Is everything that he's established about himself true to you? That's why the Bible says you must have a belief in the confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he rose from the dead. This is your foundation. This is your belief in your confession. Just not words. Just not words. Okay, yeah, I believe Jesus. I believe in Jesus. Oh, yeah, uh, Easter's coming. You know, he rose from the dead. 
And it, it was just words. No, do you really understand? Do you understand the force, the power behind that belief and confession? Demons shriek at it. Yes. They withdraw. Your very flesh fights against it. And this world system is going to throw everything at you to try to get in the way of it. And we just want to roll out of bed. We just want to show up the church when we can. We just want to get in the word well when I have time. That's not, that's not, that's not it, you all. You know, I told you, and hopefully you can say the same, but I was so darkened before Christ. I mean, so darkened. You know, Holly, when I look at you, and I go, my God, like when you came up the other night on Friday, and I go, man, I mean, your, your grandmother and I were like best friends back in the day, back in the world. Right. <laughs> Run amok. We're <laughs> so dark. And we did things we all, we're not proud of. Right. In fact, when I gave my life to the Lord, she was angry. <laughs> what do you mean? You come, really, what is this? What are you, what are you talking about? Right. I mean, she fought tooth and nail. But then when those times in her life, mm-hmm. she would call me. Yeah. Pray to your God. Right. Okay, okay. okay. I mean, relax, relax. I'll pray to him. What do you, what do you need, Naomi? I mean, what's happening? And just different encounters that we've had with her. And then she showed up on a Friday night. <laughs> in one of our little Bible studies. Mm-hmm. I get up to preach the word and she yells from the back, Hurry this up along, i got to get to the club. Okay, Lord Jesus. Just, a, just crazy. But I said, God, you have her here? Yes. What on earth? How, God, only God can do this. Right. Until it came her time. Come on. Right. See, those seeds were being sown. Right. I, I, didn't, I didn't pretend. She knew me. Yeah. She knew I loved everything about me. Yeah. She, I, listen, you all, I, was, I didn't worry. <laughs> I loved my whole life. Everything about it. I never once thought twice about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the darkness and everything. And so did she. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so did everyone I'm reigning with. No. But yeah, we're so empty. Just as everyone else says before Christ. We think all this other stuff out here fills us. But it doesn't. I think all these other relationships does something for us. It doesn't. I think all these vices and all this stuff. It, they don't. And then that night. When we ended in prayer. We used to get up and we stand. Everyone had to go around and pray. Mm. And it came to Naomi's turn. And Lord, the whole time I'm like, "Oh Lord Jesus, oh Lord, we got new believers here, Father. We also got some unsaved people. But Lord, don't let her. Well, Lord, I don't know what's going to come out of her mouth." Terrible. And wasn't it, Gilda? The sweet. I still to this day, I wish I had it recorded. It was the sweetest prayer I've ever heard. And she was honest. I don't know you. I don't know nothing of this. Mm-hmm. But if you're real, basically, just show me. Okay, I got to get to the club. 
Hey man, out the door she goes. Tell me, sir. You know, we didn't see her. That was it. Lost total contact with her. Hmm. And then finally I heard what she got involved with. Yeah. I said, well, that's the darkest thing it could go. Right. But we kept praying, we kept praying, we kept praying. Until that one day I get a call when I'm at a football game. Mm-hmm. Our friend Tyga. Oh my God. And starts screaming that she's on the phone with Naomi. I said, what is going on? And she shares that good news. I remember hitting my knees. Right. And Naomi, Naomi and her husband, Justin, have given their lives to Christ. So, right. thank you, Jesus. Oh, my Jesus. And then, you, then you know, you, you, you began to see at that time, though you were younger, but you began to see this transformation take place. And I heard of this transformation. And then all these times I was able to connect with her and just see she was a brand new woman. And I'm like, oh, my God. This is what we're talking about, you all. You can't make this stuff up. She didn't follow a list of rules, this and that. No, she met her creator and it changed her life. Completely. God is pleased and was pleased to reveal himself to her as he is to us through his son Jesus that we might live. Because apart from him, you may think you're living, but you're not. You're actually dead in your sin. And there's judgment awaiting you. I know, Pastor, don't talk about hell and the wrath. You don't like that. But too bad. Because <laughs> that is who he is. He's a God of love and he's a God of wrath. And every time he revealed his wrath, whew, but if you would just turn to me, he reveals his love. And every time he reveals his love, whew, he reveals his, love, his wrath. If you depart from me. Now, this is the beauty of it, you all. It's understanding that he loved us, yet though we were in complete rebellion towards him. And it's his loving kindness that brings us true repentance, that he's pleased to reveal himself to us through his son Jesus that we might live and be reconciled back to our creator. So now, therefore, we can have peace with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want to encourage us in. Because <clears throat> y'all are bombarded out there nonstop. Nonstop. And it's only rising. Mm-hmm. The levels are only getting higher and higher. The deception, the filth, the lust, all of it. The anger, the murder, the strife, the division, all of it's rising up as it's supposed to. <laughs> because he tells us. But church, we're not to be quaking in our shoes and our boots. We're not to be huddling in our buildings. We're not to be backed up in a corner. Oh no. We're to be out there serving. Amen. We're to be out there displaying love. We're to be out there Amen. stepping in. Knowing that the gates of hell cannot prevail. We're not doing it in our strength. But Jesus tells us he has to go away. What? Yeah, I have to go away. So that the Holy Spirit can come. And that when you believe upon Jesus. And you have that belief and that confession. And that is your foundation upon which you're living now. That is what's forming you and shaping you and molding you. Like you begin to change. Because when you've accepted Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. 
God now dwelling in you. And I love the word of God says that he's given us everything we need to live a godly life. We're without excuse. Now I know we like to make excuses. And I know it's controversial when I say this. But we can look at scripture together if you like. But when I hear people say, well, I'm just a sinner. Saved by grace. I'm just a sinner. And this is truth. There's an element of truth there. <laughs> you are saved by grace. But if you're in Christ, your identity is not to keep claiming what's behind you. Your identity now is in Christ. I'm a child of God. And yet though I may sin... Yet though I may stumble, I know what to do with it as I'm quickened by the Holy Spirit. I'm to throw off the sin that so easily entangles me. And I'm to get up and I'm to persevere and I'm to run what the race that he has set before me. But I'm told that in the book of 1 John, that he writes to me so that I will not sin. But if I do, to remember that I have an advocate, Jesus. And as you think, so you go, the Bible says. So if I want to keep pounding my heart and my mind that I'm nothing but a wretched sinner, and that's all I am doing is sinning, then I'm going to tell you what that does. It cheapens what Christ did. It's as if he didn't do enough. No, I truly believe that when he rose from the dead, he brought forth the power of the resurrection. That he was the first. And now many would come up. And that you can live a new life. If we don't have truth, if we don't have hope to offer people that there is freedom in Christ, then for God's sakes, what are we preaching? Just keep him locked in the tomb. Keep him hanging on the cross. But no, that's not the message. He endured the cross. He laid in that tomb. But that tomb is empty. He rose up from the dead, conquering sin and death. So I need a victorious Jesus. I don't need a, a weak Jesus just passing out hugs and muffins. Trying to just, you know, oh, this one makes you feel better. I'm just going to call you, just going to keep you here. What kind of truth is that? No, I need a Jesus that kicks down the doors and says, Son, come this way. I've got you. I've delivered you. And okay, you have all these emotions, you have all these desires, you have all this stuff, but that's who you were once. Lest we forget the scripture read last week. But you've been washed clean. You're no longer. You're no longer. So what does it mean to be washed clean? I don't feel clean at times. That's okay. Your Christian life is not based on your feelings. It's based on faith. So how do you counteract those feelings? How are you warring against what's warring against your soul? The flesh and the spirit, they war against each other. And I've always encouraged y'all, what you feed breeds. What you starve dies. See, he's not going to force us. But he's very quick. 
convict us. So I just encourage us, church. There's work to do for the kingdom of God. We ought to be praying for the harvest fields, for laborers to go forth. And not only should we be praying for laborers, praying to the Lord of the harvest for laborers, we ought to be the laborers. And we ought to be effective laborers. Oh, that our light so would shine and point others to Jesus, you all. You belong to Jesus. You gotta tell yourself that. You gotta live it out. What does that look like? And if you're not telling yourself that, and if you're not in the Word, if you're not growing, if you're not maturing, then you're dying. I'm afraid you're gonna be swept away. I mean, when we're told that that I mean, they've been on, it's been on the earth, but it's it's increasing that the doctrines of demons are increasing, and they're not outside the church, though they're there being taught. It's inside the church. We ought to be equipping each other, encouraging each other, edifying each other, standing linked arm in arm with each other, and that's how we don't tolerate sin. We don't beat people over the head because they sin. We just don't tolerate it. There's a way in which we're called to live. There's a standard that is raised, not because the pastor says, or the board (coughs) says, or this group says, or that group says, not because man says, not because the created tells us. No, God himself. God himself set it in place. And then who are we to question God? If we truly have been purchased, redeemed, the old has passed away. And that's the faith that you can grow in each and every single day. And we can't change this. This is all we have. Right. It was just as powerful then <laughs> as it is today and as it will be tomorrow. tomorrow. Right. And he said, but I thought you said go to Genesis. Oh, I did. <laughs> Genesis 4, verse 7. You've been around here long enough. You've heard me say this. Maybe I never took you to the scripture, but here it is today. You will be accepted if you do what is right. This is what the Lord said to Cain. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But I love this. But you... Who, you, must, it's not a suggestion, must subdue it and be its master. And you would think, oh, if you you read on, you would think, oh, maybe Cain heard that and Cain's life was, you know, great. Oh, no, no, Cain heard that and he went out and killed his brother right Right. after it. Like, what? Like, Cain, did you? Did you not? Like, what happened, Cain? No, we're no different. We hear the word. We're inspired by the word. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Yes, Lord. Yes. And then you get up. And you just slaughter people out there. Maybe not physically, but in your heart, in your thoughts. Just give over to whatever entices you or entraps you. But that's not how we're to be living, you all. 
as those who have been purchased. Those who now belong to Christ. No, we're to be subduing. We're to be, I love this. But you must subdue it and be its master. And you say, well, that's back then. Oh, that's what I love more and more about the scripture is that it's at the beginning. <laughs> but it's all the way through. It's all the way through. And the only way that we can truly master it or subdue it is through Christ. And I keep encouraging y'all, read the Old Testament because you're going to see Jesus all through it. It all points to him. Everything. And now because of Christ, because of the power of the Holy Spirit within us, we can live upright amongst a wicked and perverse generation. We can walk by faith and not by sight. There is a way in which you ought to be praying. There is a way in which you ought to be growing. As we heard on Friday night in our Hebrew study, we aren't to continue to lay the elementary foundations over and over. And over. But that's the vicious cycle that a lot of us and a lot of churches find ourselves in. Now, I found myself there for many years with us here. Just hanging over and over. God, are we kidding it? Are we kidding it? Oh my God, are we kidding it? My God, they ought to be teachers by now. They ought to be out there. It just has to be growth. It has to be some type of maturing taking place. So that we could be effective laborers going forth. And I told you, I don't mind bottle feeding you. But we gotta slip some steak in every now and then. We gotta, we gotta you know, come on, come on. We gotta give up. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You know, of course, I'm not going to take a new believer who still has the, the birth juice dripping from their heads and force them to chew steak. No, it's for people like that, yes, you care for you walk through, you, you give them the bottle, you tend, just as you would with a child. But some of us have been walking for years, <laughs> and we're still in that infancy. <laughs> And you can't blame Christ. You can't blame God. You can't blame the pastor. You can't blame others. It's you. You're choosing. You're choosing. You're choosing to remain ignorant. You're hearing the word. You're sitting in fellowship. You're going through Bible studies. And yet there's no impact. And so only you can... Be honest with yourself, transparent before God and then before others, and figure out why is that? What has captivated your heart? What is telling you Christ isn't enough in this area in your life? You better start subduing it. You better start taking the weapons of your warfare that you've been given. You better let Him train you up and start dealing with these areas in our lives that keep us from progressing forward. Again, I don't want people just putting on a show. I've had many people walk through these doors. Many people have sat here. Many people who have joined us. Many people who have just stepped in for counseling. Who have been in years of ministry. Not knowing Jesus. And I go, dear God. 
God has healed them, God has delivered them, God has sent them out, and God has used them. doesn't mean that God didn't use them then. Because <laughs> God will use a donkey. <laughs> but they got so caught up in the performance of it all. And hiding all the stuff that was going on. Because man started elevating them. Don't let the Creator elevate you. They'll be praising you one day. <laughs> but they'll be quick to tear you down the next. Or even within the next hour. <laughs> I learned years ago. Again, just experience it. And you can learn. <laughs> right, Gilda? I mean, they told me, you're going to be the next best thing. You're going to be the next best thing on TBN. We've got you. <laughs> We're your John the Baptist. <laughs> Blah, blah, blah. God's elevating you. You're going to you're gonna have this platform, but this is what you don't need to do. God humbled me. Don't you take a step on that platform. I said, oh, God, what? But yeah, no. That's not what I called you to. So you got to be careful. you got to be as innocent as a dove and wise as a serpent because it's not going to stop trying to allure you out. It's ongoing. It's ongoing. That's why you need the body of Christ. You're rooted and you're grounded in Jesus, but he's given us the church. And he loves his bride. And we ought to love what Jesus loves. His bride. The church, the fellowship. And that's why it's important that we're sharing and we're encouraging each other, we're edifying each other, we're building each other up. Because you can put so many to flight, but get two or three with you. Get a brother and a sister to stand with you. Get multiple Christians to stand with you. And watch God move. And yet you see the enemy is out to, to shatter communities of faith, of Christian faith. To isolate us. Because what's the first thing when you do something wrong? Right. Yeah, that's it. I've got to get out. If they find out, they, people pull away from God. Pull away. Where are you going? That's when you ought to be pressing in. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Deal with the sin in your life. Don't make excuses for it. Because if you're sinning, deal with it. So do it. It's not to rule you. Active sin in your life is because you've allowed it. The Bible tells us, and we're going to see this. I think it's in this portion of Scripture. If not, it's in my notes I was doing for my counseling session. But anyways, he makes it out of every temptation. And the Bible says, where does sin come from? From the desires that are from within. So don't be shocked. Like, oh, I've had, I've had a good week. You know, I love it when people say that to me. Oh, I've had a good, oh, it's been a great two weeks. Why are you boasting in that? Because <laughs> tomorrow can be really bad. <laughs> Those temptations, oh, you can crumble and you can fall in an hour. Right. No, your hope is in Christ. Your hope is in Christ. I want you to rejoice <laughs> in that. I don't need you to keep a calendar. Well, I haven't done it in, I am. But, <laughs> no, your hope is in Christ. And one thing about our fellowship, we got some, 
testimonies behind y'all. <laughs> but I praise God for that. Because that's where they all remain. Behind you. And that's why I've always told you all. You're not going to say anything to us. <laughs> that we're like, oh. Right. <laughs> oh no. Like, get it out. Blah. Get the dark. Expose it to the light. Right. That's where freedom comes. Right. And nothing to hide. So subduing it. Sin is crouching at your door. And it's desirous to master you. But you must master it. And you only can through Christ. Go to Proverbs 25, verse 28. I love this scripture. A person without self-control... It's like a city with broken down walls. Especially when you understand the ancient times. <laughs> and how they erected walls up around their city. And they kept things out. But you let those walls crumble. Everything's coming in. That's how the enemy comes in. And so if you're lacking self-control, that's kind of what your life looks like. There's nothing erected up to keep it out. And so this wall that's erected up is truth. And you've been given self-control. You know, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You've been given it. You just got to mature in it. You just got to grow in it. One thing I learned many years ago, and I try to encourage y'all in, every trial you're facing, it's there just to pull out what you have. It's there to mature you. That's why the Bible tells us. They're there for a purpose. Not to run from it. Well, not to be praying, God, get me out of it. Lord, take me through it. You know, like, like, keep me in it until I learn. <laughs> when I finally started praying that years ago, changed my life. Because there's always complaining and murmuring and fault finding. Oh, God, when's all this going to stop? Oh, no, another thing. Oh, God, another thing. And it finally just humbled, when he finally just humbled me, I was just like, oh, I see what you're doing. Just keep me in it then until I grow up. Until I'm mature. That's what he's doing in us. So self-control, you all. You're without it, your walls are down. And everything's coming in. Everything. I would just encourage you this week to think upon that. And you've got to get out there. And you ought to got to start building back up the wall. Holding your sword in one hand. And putting that wall back up. It's so vital, you all. They're going to impact this generation with kingdom truth. <laughs> you got to live it out. Mm. They got to see it. They got to see it be lived, not just you know because the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is just not a lot of talk. <laughs> no, it's a life exerting power, <laughs> and not in of our own. 
Christ. So I don't know what you're going to face this week. I don't know what you have faced last week or even what you faced this morning. Or even maybe what you're processing now as you're sitting here. I can tell you this. If you're not growing, if you're not maturing in the newness of life, that's, that's if you're truly born again. If you're not born again, then I don't know what's taking you so long to get right with God. Because yet again, He's giving you yet another opportunity. Not to hold a form of religion. You know? Not to think your mama's faith is getting you in, or your daddy's faith is getting you in, or someone else's faith is getting you in. Oh no. Your faith. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that He rose from the dead? Go to James. No, Romans 6. Verse 23. Again, you've been bought with the price. Your body is no longer your own. Your life is not your own. And so again, just to expose sin, to expose that old nature, I want to remind you of its wages. Romans 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. But... The free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Eternal life. No, the abundant life. And the abundant life is not the material things in life. Come on now, right? No, the abundance. It's all that we have because of Christ. In this world, you will have trouble. I mean, for goodness sakes, I just posted about this man who's living in Turkey, and I think it was 2013, he gave his life to Jesus. The Lord delivered him out of the bondage of the Muslim faith. He fled Iran and fled to Turkey, living his life with his family. It was 2013. And then January of this year, he gets arrested. And now they're deporting him back to Iran where he potentially is going to receive basically a death sentence. He's going to endure the punishment for accepting Christ and then leaving Iran. Oh, we're praying for him as we pray this morning. We'll continue to pray for him. The Lord will just have favor. But either way, however the Lord wants to use his life, Christ will be magnified and glorified. In this world, you will have trouble. This man understood the wages of sin was death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. He's not settling any longer, nor should we settle for the created. No, see, I'm telling you, when your eyes have been opened, when you've been engrafted in, when you know that you're part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken, then you know that Jesus isn't pacing the floors of heaven, wringing out his hands, figuring out how he's going to fix things. No, no, he's seated. In fact, the only time I've read that he stood is when Stephen was being martyred. Like, yes, what? I want to live a life that will cause Jesus to stand. <laughs> Wow, 
Like he's seated. He's interceding. God's plan. It's coming to pass. Nothing's thwarting it. Since the beginning. Remember, even before the earth was formed, the cross was purposed. Love will be displayed. Yes. So I love the fact that we can find within the scriptures where he says that he formed us. And the secret places. Like he numbered the hairs on our heads. Like before he placed us in our mother's womb, he prepared good works for us to do. For his kingdom. Not for Rob's life. Not for Rob's life, not for your life, not for, you know, whatever. No, for his kingdom. And so when we're awakened, when he steps in, he reveals himself, and we respond. Again, that picture of responding like, oh, I'm a sinner. Like, oh, God, you're holy. Like, oh, God, unclean, unclean, oh, God. I deserve death and your wrath and punishment. Mm. But then he steps in. Jesus already took all that. No, no. Believe upon me, he says. I'm going to lay upon you my righteousness. Yes. You're cleansed. You're forgiven. That's how you be living you all. From that truth. That's what's defining you every single day of your life from here on. Everything on the outside, everything that is created, even on the inside, is trying to silence that truth. It's trying to silence that truth and provoke all these other thoughts and all these other desires and show you all these other ways. But if you stand and stand there for and that's why I keep trying to encourage y'all you're not a mistake mm. I don't care what the circumstances of your birth was mm. you are not a mistake come on preacher brother come on <laughs> God predestined you yes <laughs> formed you knows you he knew you would be in this generation right. at this moment in time mm. the level of darkness that's all around but he says, I prepared within you good works to do. Yes. Get up. Yes. Rise up out of the muck. Rise up out of it all. And just bear my image. Amen. That's how we're to be living. And yet, shh, the enemy's in the church. Shh, don't get so excited. Ah, leave that for the others. You just sit. Get you involved and entangled with all this crazy sin, and everybody's like, I'm going to heaven. But I said a little prayer, but I'm gonna keep living a loose life, I'm gonna keep running amok. Like, what? <laughs> Where? Where do you see that? I've told people over the years, I've told pastors over the years, I've been taking it too serious. So the pastors have told me in the beginning of my walk, once they allowed me in the church. <laughs> You've taken it too serious. Like just shh. Well, how else am I supposed to take it? Like what? What does that mean? What does that mean? No, no, no. Shh. It's common, it's 
this, this, and you just hear these weird counsels, and you're like, and you, you, you feel comfortable having your Bible open? So I would ask, show me that. Show me in Scripture where I have a right to myself. Show me that I miss, I, I did not hear the Holy Spirit correct. <laughs> when he called me up from my knees in that condo and told me to walk away from everything. Because uh, I'll make a phone call today. <laughs> like what? Like what? Are you are you serious? Like you'll be shocked to hear how Christians will counsel you, leaders will counsel you to keep you entrapped as they're entrapped. Mm-hmm. Shh! Don't make such a big deal. Mm-hmm. No, no, it is a big deal. If you knew. What he brought you from. If he truly understands. And you say, well, my story is not as bad as yours. Oh, no, it's worse. Because you think your story isn't bad. Like, what? Like, we're all sinners. Before Christ. We're all in complete rebellion towards him. Right? Uh, You know, I just love to pick on Carrie's testimony. She was a great church girl. And the church from youth. Grew up in the church. Led in the church. Family is stapled in the church. And she just has lost. Didn't even know Jesus. In fact, when she heard my testimony, she was like, Who let him in? Huh? I apologize. I know. <laughs> you did. And then one day we were talking. I said, Carrie, share with me. I just come to Christ. I've been in church. And she began to list all the stuff that she did. And I finally looked at her and I said, But where's Jesus? When did you ever recognize your need for Jesus and that you're a sinner? And at first, when people hear that, especially when they believe that they're, you know, secured and saved and sanctified and holy, (laughs) she's so angry. God began to strip her. (sighs) And all that darkness came flooded out. Praise be to God, look who she is today. Amen. One of the sweetest persons you can know. Loves Jesus. Loves to serve. Oh, but she has a past. Mm-hmm. But before that, you would... She, and yet, she's just one of many sitting in churches today long. Lacking Christ. I pray that ought to be for you. Are you truly in Christ? Have you been born again? Have you recognized that you're a sinner and you deserve his wrath? Because it's stored up. It's coming. I know. Shh. Let's do away with that. Just give me a message that makes me feel better about me. No, no. It's being stored up. And there's a day coming and an hour that's coming. Yes. 
And then we, we just want to be flipping with our Christianity when it is finally unleashed. And the, our loved ones, and us included if we're not saved, and our communities are going to be swallowed up. No, no. When you know what you've been saved from, and who you've been saved into, like I'm in Christ, like I'm in the ark, I can't help but tell others. Get out there, you all. Tell others. Tell others. There's hope. There's hope. His name is Jesus. Live your life. Start growing. Start maturing. Start acting like whom you say you belong to. Yes. Start understanding what it means. Stop living in chaos and disruptions and all this other stuff and start allowing Christ to bring order into your lives. It's important. Because the wages of sin... Our death. But the free gift of God. Mm. This eternal life that is only found in Jesus. Mm. In Jesus. And then we have a whole generation that's coming up. And the Jesus that's been presented to them. What? What What are we doing in youth services? What are we doing with the youth? (laughs) What are we doing? That's a lot of who I'm counseling with now. I'm like, man, it's breaking my heart. Like, oh, Jesus. But I praise be to God. Don't neglect sowing seed, you all. Don't neglect watering it in their lives. Because it was the seed and it was the watering that our Paul did. (laughs) He used to take us to the church to play. He used to sit on the front porch with him. And he used to read the Bible. And he said, Robbie, Jesus is going to call you to preach. And I totally forgot all that. Totally forgot all that. Uh, whatever. Just went out. It went buck wild. Until Jesus stepped in. And all of a sudden, whew, these memories of my grandpa. It's like, oh, Paul Paul was Jesus' best friend. It was. Come on. I said, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, what? Oh, Jesus, you're real? Like, what? See, don't grow weary in doing good. Mm-hmm. Don't, you don't need to fight with people. You don't need to fight with your youth. <laughs> you just got to keep living. You just got to keep sowing. You just got to keep watering. Keep praying. You keep moving forward. But listen, what we have to stop doing is succumbing to their little gods. Yes. You have to stop that. Because if not, you're making a mockery of Jesus. No, no, you keep walking upright. You just keep living for Christ. You keep proclaiming truth and loving truth and loving Christ. Go to James chapter 1. I just want to encourage you all today. Times are hard out there. James 1. Verse 15 through 14. Oh, here's the scripture I was talking about. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Again, there's nothing 
that can come from rebellion. I keep encouraging you all, the flesh only knows to do one thing, and that is to die. Die. That's why it drags you to the very filth to kill you. And yet, and yet, that's what we're demanding. When we refuse to submit to Christ, we're basically demanding our rights to die with these vices. Like, what? And I don't make light of the control that sin can have in one's heart and mind. I understand that control. I lived in it. I've shared with you, even a season in my, in my walk with God, in my earlier years, there was a time where I got really angry with God. And I said, I, don't, I didn't ask for you. You have messed up my life. I'm homeless. I don't even know where I'm going to eat next. I've never lived this way. What is this? Got out on the highway. Raised up my fist. I'll show you. I'm done with you. I don't care. Your throne's established. I don't want it. I don't need you. You've messed me over. Joke's on me, huh? I remember just this angry conversation that I had. And I say it not proud. Because praise be to God, he didn't like, oh, Oh no. But I did things that I had never done. I mean, I did some dark stuff, y'all. For many, 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 many years. But that night, I kicked down doors I never kicked down. I did things I'm not proud of. And the next day, as I woke up out of my out of my drug-induced and drunken stupor and just a hot mess. The Holy Spirit just spoke to my heart. Did you find what you were looking for? Oh, oh God. Oh. Like you were so gracious. Like you met me right there. Like, did you, what did you find? See, rebellion can only produce death, you all. Nothing that's being presented to you of the created can fulfill you, can do anything for it. It may in a moment, it may be for a brief time, I just got to gossip. I just got to let this stuff out. Maybe that's your vice. You just don't have control over your mouth. You haven't given it to the Holy Spirit so he can tame that tongue of yours. Maybe it's not as extreme as, as whatever I did, but maybe you're quick to sow division and strife, whatever it is, whatever the flavor of rebellion. Only death can come from it. Yeah. And then we're okay to pretend. But why, you all? Jesus gives us life. It's a whole new way of living, you all. The wholeness, the comfort. It doesn't mean you're without trouble. 
It doesn't mean that that your life is, you know, you're just on clouds and you're just singing Kumbaya all day long. No, no, again, you were called into war. This is war, you all. And why we're shh, just sit. I'll say something encouraging for you all. Have a blessed week. Mm. What? Oh, you got to be trained up. Trained up. Suit up. Put on the armor. As I said to you all, not to make you feel bad. Oh, I'm a bad Christian. But it's just the reality. What did you do today to prepare for our coming together? You say, well, I'm here. But anyone can show up. I'm looking for people who are warring when they get up. Oh, we're coming together today. I mean, things things can happen at any moment. People can receive phone calls, this, that, whatever. Life can turn around in an instant. But are we warring? Did you war today? Did you pray over our time today? Did you pray for cultivating the heart of your own, the soil of your own heart and the hearts of others who would come? Like, that's how we should be living. How can I go in and serve today? How can I go serve others today? I know I need a word, Lord, but man, someone else next to me may mean me just to give a pat on the back or just a smile. Whatever it is. There's a way in which you ought to be living, but we're so distracted. That's why I'm asking you, and I'm pleading, and I'm praying to God that we, He would call our lives into order. Yes. And all this stuff is running amok around us. Yes. Oh, you can Jesus. have peace. <clears throat> and I can be reminded I have the mind of Christ. There is ways that I am to think. Lest I forget that the Bible tells us to take every thought captive. So I don't know how you're growing in that. It's not a suggestion. That's how believers ought to be living. You're to take every thought captive and bring it to the obedience of his lordship. What does that look like for our lives? They just can't be words on a page. Oh, that's nice. It's action. What does that look like? What does it look like when the word tells us, don't get the enemy a foothold? Give him a foothold, he's going to develop a stronghold. And then what are strongholds? Well, these are patterns of thoughts, of thinking that you're beginning to believe in, have believed in, that are contrary to the truth of God's word. And now this deception is forming you and shaping you and molding you and dragging you away. But praise be to God, there's good news. The Bible says he gives us the weapons of our warfare to demolish strongholds. See, you are to be engaging in the newness of this life that was birthed through you as you received Christ. You're born again of the Spirit. You receive the Holy Spirit. And now you're to walk habitually in the Spirit so you don't gratify the desires of your flesh. What does that look like? This is what we're talking about. So we're honing in on. You can only speak for yourself. So don't look at others and say, well, but Gil ought to do this better. That'll help her walk in the spirit. Mm. No, look at yourself. Mm -hmm. 
starts here first. You see, you have to deal with the log in your eye before you can then come along and assist the speck in your brother's or your sister's eye. Deal with your own life. My God, I'm only for you. I got nothing to hide from you, Lord. That's why I love it when we see these psalmists and especially King David when he's crying out to God. Like, I'd rather fall in your hands than the hands of men. Do you know your God? Like your past is your past. And you say, well, I'm still stuck there. Well, start making new, better decisions in Christ. Start learning what it means. Stop demanding your rights to keep dying. Mm-hmm. I told you all a few weeks ago. Yeah, we have this realm. We have this world system. But the greatest threat to your life is you. You are bent for your own destruction. And when you come to that reality, that'll help you stop making the same choices, the same patterns over and over and over and over. And these generational things that have just been passed on over and over and over. No, stand up. Like, enough. Like, I believe. And I told you all, God began all this work in me. I didn't know what the world was going on. I knew that Jesus was real. And oh, I was so far away from you. And then somehow I find myself in, in a conference. I don't know how I got myself there. Why I was sitting there with my gay lover and his sister. I had no clue why we were there that evening. But it was ordained by God. And that preacher got out there on that platform. And I'll never forget, she stepped towards that podium. She stepped back. And I remember being on the balcony going, what kind of nonsense is this? The place was packed. I said, oh, And then she came back, and I'll never forget. She said, I can't preach. I can't teach what I came here for, for this conference. I don't know if what I'm going to say is just for one person or if it's for many, but I've got to be obedient. And she began to read my tea. She began to tell these people about my life. Like, what? It just wasn't me. It was for others. (laughs) But in that moment, I got angry. Who set me up? What kind of sorcery is this? What kind of witchcraft? What is this going on here? she was sharing, the more that she was speaking like ah, that truth was just piercing my heart as it should yours right. and when she said come down here and repent give your lives to Jesus totally surrender to him oh up I went and Rich's arm grabbed me and pulled me back down where are you going I'm going to Jesus and I ran down that, from that balcony to that altar and collapsed. I, oh, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I just, you're, you've done something in me. You, you've awakened me to truth. I just want you, Jesus. God, I don't want to be a sinner. I don't want to continue down this path that I'm on. I don't know any other way to live. But God, please, you're revealing yourself to me. 
And when I got up from there, those teaching tapes right there, I was taking everything I could get my hand on. Dying to live. <laughs> Trophies of God's grace. Get a grip. <laughs> These powerful lessons. The battlefield is the mind. I got my first Bible from there. <laughs> it was the Amplified Bible. <laughs> and I say that jokingly because that's what I was memorizing. So I remember going to my first church service going, that preacher's not preaching everything this word is saying. What's wrong? And I finally had to go to him and be like, why are you missing words? He said, what are you talking about? And then he laughed. He's like, oh, no, that's the Amplified Bible. Because that's what you're memorizing? I'm like, yes. He was like, that's great. But then he started talking to me about all the different translations. I was like, oh, wow, that's awesome. But I say all that because I needed to be equipped. But life wasn't easy. There were many days, I told you all, I was in a corner. And all I had, all I could say is Jesus. Jesus. There was weeks, right? I didn't even talk. I just didn't know how to live. But Jesus, I don't know what you're doing. And maybe, and maybe, again, it's not for everyone. But what is for everyone is salvation. got to that place that you know, that you know, that you know that apart from him you're just rebellion just rebellious you deserve his wrath have you been born again of a new nature not perfection not like everything, oh, look I'm making all the right decisions oh no We're not perfected to or with him. But we're not sugarcoating things. Just patting people on the back. No, no, we got to get in each other's face. Mm -hmm. That's why at first it's important to build relationships. You know? That's why we do how we do it. We want to build a community. We want to build relationships. We want to be transparent. We want to be able, got nothing to hide. Come broke, busted, and disgusted. But I'm not going to call you there. I'm not going to call the church to surround you and just call you in your, in your desert. No, no, no. Get up. Put out that fire. Pick up your mats and let's go forward. We'll do this together. But if you want to keep chaining us down in your wilderness, in your desert, in all that, you're going to sit by that fire with other people who just want to feed you death. Because we're not staying there. Doors always open. <laughs> but oh no. We're not doing that. Because it doesn't honor Christ, you all. Like lives are being destroyed out there. And things that we're hearing and seeing that people are enduring, like you can't make this stuff up. Right, Yvette? You can't make it up. I mean, you can. You're getting phone calls from parents who go, pray for me, pray for me, meet with me, meet with my family. Their daughter, they get a phone call from the school that their daughter's been rushed to the hospital. Frantically, they get there. No, your daughter's not here. 
no, we got the call. They were bringing her here. No, I mean, just frantic news. Where is my daughter? And then finally, when they get a hold of the school, they get a hold of stuff. Oh, no, no, we don't have your daughter. We have your son. Hmm. What? Parents had no clue. No clue. What? No, no. We don't have Thelma. We have Tommy. That's not the names, real names. <laughs> what? Oh, you don't, you seem shocked. You don't understand. No, no, no. Like, what? Like, you mean to tell me, like, when my child shows up to school, you allow her to disrobe and then you provide her boy clothes to wear? Listen, you can't make this up. What's going on in marriages? What's going on in families? What's going on with addictions? What's going on with just chaos out there? Show up for church. Shh. Everybody's happy. Just go back out. What? Like people are dying. And that's why I'm passionate, you all. I mean, I've had different people who visit us. Like William and Teresa was just here the other week. And William pulled me aside. I hadn't been here for years. He's like, Pastor. Like, what? Like, you don't even preach the same. You're not even the same. It's like, there's, there's like something that's coming from you that, that's more bolder, more courageous. Like, what? I said, my life changed in 2019. I mean, I've always been bold and, and love Jesus and wanting to see, you know, the kingdom advance. But something happened in 2019 in December. It was in December. Yeah. Thinking I'm having a heart attack. I, I go in. <laughs> they put me through all these tests. And they get nervous touching me because of my basal vagal issue. <laughs> but anyways, they did the final test and they wheeled me back in. Gilda's sitting there and I started getting really cold and I was laying flat and I was like... Those doctors, poor Gilda, I woke up to Gilda screaming at them. They were coming down with the paddles. Gilda's in between them. Leave them alone! What? And I'm not saying, I told you, I'm not writing a book. I've gone to heaven. I didn't go to heaven. But something happened. That every time that these events happened to me throughout my year, or throughout my life... Like, I'm out of me. And in this moment, I was further away from this shell than I've ever been. That I know. And I didn't want to come back to it. I was fine. I was like, oh, so peaceful. And all of a sudden, all this noise. And then 2020 hit. And I said, oh Lord, you have me here for a reason. 
I don't want to waste another day. I don't want to keep coddling people who have truth to tell. We got lives to get out there and impact with the kingdom message. Like there's work to do. It may make some people uncomfortable. But I told you all, I love you all enough to care more about your souls than your temporal life. And I don't mean to be flippant about it. Some people say, well, I seem to get offended. Well, then you're going to stay offended. (laughs) Because you're asking me to submit to these little gods you're submitting to. Just so that you can feel comfortable. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want us to do it anymore. People are dying. loved ones we need to be interceding we need to be able to stand and stand there for them we need to be immovable firmly rooted and grounded not flippant about our walk with Christ not taking him and just you know making him this weird common God like the rest of them no 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 he's God he's holy so I don't know what active sin you got going on I don't know what your past is still carrying on with you and that you're in active relationship with. But I can tell you this. Be mindful. Because Christ is in place. And you're making a mockery of his throne. And his desires that you turn to him and repent. It is his loving kindness that you're even hearing yet again this message to come to me. It's not cakewalk, but the beauty of it is you're not alone. You're not alone. Go to 1 John. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. 1 John, verse, verse 5. Oh, man. And then we're going to read through chapter 2, verse 6. This is the message we've heard from Jesus. And now declare to you, God is light. And there's no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We're not, we are not participating, I'm sorry, we're not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, come on, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. I told you, I I pray that you get the revelation and the understanding that you have, if you're truly in Christ, if you've truly been born again, you have been cleansed. Yes. (laughs) Don't stay shackled. If you truly have repented, not a flippant repentance. Oh, sorry I got called. Oh, yeah, life's going bad, so I'm sorry, God. Here I am again. Blah, blah, blah. And it's this weird thing that we do. No, no, genuine repentance. Uh, sorry, like it's a godly sorrow. Like, ah, oh, God. Like, forgive me. 
And then, again, you don't have the waller around and what we do sometimes, the shame, blame. I just want to uh, throw the ashes on me. Like, no, stop treating him that way. If he's drawn you to himself, it's this loving kindness. He's cleansing you. Get up and move on. It's freeing you all. It's life-giving. We've been cleansed. If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we're calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. Mm. So if we're standing up, I'm like, oh, my life's great. Like, oh, yeah, I don't have any problems. Oh, no. I mean, we're living this weird Christianese life. That's not even true. No. Daily, you're going to sin. (laughs) But the difference is, is sin is not mastering you. Like the Spirit of God is quick to bring conviction. Uh, so you don't want to keep giving it the right to subdue you. No, no, no. You get up. You repent. You make better choices, the right choices. As you're counseled with the Word of God and as the Holy Spirit is leading you so that you might live. Yes. This is the freedom that we have. In Christ. So this weird picture that people have to be like, well, I shouldn't be doing the blah, 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 blah. Okay, fine. But deal with the reason why you keep going back. Deal with the reason why Christ is not enough for you. Expose the fruitless deeds of darkness. Don't pretend like you don't sin anymore. Somehow you've got it all together. You carry that strong anointing. That's what I told y'all. Listen, I, sometimes I get myself in trouble, but the Lord is gracious. Because <laughs> I, I tell people, like, I'm not, I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed with your calling. I'm not impressed with the numbers and the crowds that you bring together. I'm not impressed with the strong anointing on your life. <laughs> if your character is it intact yes. when you're off the platform? Mm. Something's wrong. And you have all these yes people around you. You got, you got all these people around you. Less, less we lose our ministry. So let's just keep it quiet. So when that pastor a few years ago committed suicide, I said, Lord. And then to come find out everybody knew what was going on, but no one said nothing. Yeah. I said, what? What? Like y'all better, if y'all see me slipping, someone better be bold enough to come along. Mm, like what? What are we, what are we doing? Yeah. People controlling. Like what? People threatening pastors. We're going we're gonna to pull our tie. You know our family's been here for you. We're the highest giver. We'll take it all. Take it. And Go. Like, what are we doing? You know, Rob, you don't understand the church. No, I do understand. 
I mean, my goodness, my formative years, I was with pastors and churches, and, you know, they were bringing me into churches and just asking me just to be prayerful and, and just come in and encourage the staff and encourage the pastors. And I'm like, do you all know what's going on? Like, you all are allowing this. What good is it to expose just in this room if you're not going to expose it from the pulpit, if you're not going to deal with what's going on. Like, what? That doesn't make sense. But we have to put on the facade. That we don't sin. We're, we're holy. We're, you know, we got the, you know, I told this years ago, I had this one employee, years and years ago, God, you know, he was going out all different ways every which weekend. I mean, just huge crowds, huge, I mean, just great. But Lord mercy, he couldn't get to work on time. And his productivity was just, uh, and it was just a hot mess. So I pulled him in the room. I said, don't tell me again about your crusades. Because brother, your character isn't intact. Like, what's going on? Like, really? What are you doing? And then they come to find out there was hidden things going on. See, that's what I'm telling you all. And you say, oh, but it's just a little flaw. No, no, no. Those little flaws, they're covering up for greater things. And again, it's not about getting you to perfection, but it is getting you to a place where you're able to expose things and live free. It is getting you to a place where you're like, no, I want my character established in Christ. I just want to live. I just want to serve. I want to know when I get up and I'm sharing and I'm speaking the man that they see me here is the same man they're going to see me there, the same man they're going to see me here, and the same man Gilda will see me behind closed doors. Character. So we're not running around saying we don't sin. Oh, it's everything is, you know. No. But when we do, the difference now as a believer than what it was like as an unbeliever. See, as an unbeliever, Oh, yeah, we sinned. But it mastered us. It enslaved us. It produced death within us. But as a believer, when we sin, we have that conviction. Oh, it's that God. He's like, oh, God. I'm sorry. Oh, I don't belong here. Oh, God, thank you. And then we can, before God and then before others, we know what we're up against every single day. And sometimes it's not the stuff on the outside that we're up against. It's this. It's all this in here. The thoughts, the lies, the belief systems, all of it. So I'm just trying to encourage us, you all, today. He goes on and says, My dear brothers, or my dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ. The one, come on, who is truly righteous. He himself is a sacrifice that atones for our sins. And not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. 
And we can be sure that we know Him if we obey His commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar. And it's not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love Him. That is how we know we are living in Him. Those who say they live, oh Jesus, those who say they live in God, here's your standard, you all, should live their lives as Jesus did. What? Yeah. Boom. The gauntlet's thrown down. God has just dropped the mic. There you go. And the beauty of it is he's not expecting us to do it in and of ourselves, in and of our own strength, in and of our own person, in and of our own nature. No, no. That's why that nature is put to death. Yeah. That's why we're to consider ourselves dead but alive in Christ. That's when you tell your old self, oh, I see you, <laughs> but may, let me remind you, I've nailed you to his cross. Mm. That's where I, it's crucified there, it's passions, your passions, your desires, it's on his cross. See, I don't know how you're speaking to yourself. I don't know what you're doing throughout your days. But I can tell you this, you better be warring. You better be getting up. You better be alert. Being steadfast, immovable. And it's not nothing of you, it's all of him. So as his son, I can come to him, and I can boldly come to him. Oh, Father. And I can lay it all out before him. He knows the very words I'm about to say. <laughs> he knows me so intimately as he does you all. He's acquainted with me. He knows me. I have nothing to hide. That's why I build fellowships, why I build relationships. I nothing to hide. I nothing to hide. It's there to hide. I know what darkness is. I know the power of darkness. I know what it does. <sighs> so get up from it. If y'all don't know truly Jesus, like I'm not sure what's what's holding you back. Run down. Come to Jesus. He's the one that begins this. He's the one that finishes it. I mean, you can be excited about Jesus. You don't have to be embarrassed about Jesus. You don't have to be, because they're spinning that. And I've been telling this for years, like, listen, at some point, because it's happening more and more throughout the earth, and we're going to see it more and more in the West, where Christians are going to be pushed out of society. You're the problem. You're the problem. You're the ones who hate. So the response to that most Christians seem to be doing is, let's deconstruct, let's figure out how we can adapt to this. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> we're not adapting and we're not deconstructing, no, we're standing. Because we know that's what they're going to do. As his return is evident, it's, it's coming. And we're in Christ, and that's where we ought to be found. In Christ, you all. Go to John 8, verse 31 through 59. Your position, you all. John chapter 8, verse 31. 
Ugh. I've been studying this all week. Oh, man. Sometimes I'm just like, God. I mean, so I'm, I love the fact that, God, I'm in Christ now, and I know Christ now, but oh, what it must have been to walk with Christ, to be there. Like, ah, like Jesus. And that's why when I get these pictures of Jesus, and we make him these, this weird man, this hugs and muffin, this weird hippie, this, this, you know, kumbaya dude, you know, like, oh, look at him, you know. Like, do you not understand who he is? And I probably would have acted just like the rest of them. So I'm not saying I would have been any better back then. But just being on the other side and just seeing and all that, I'm just like, oh, God, how great are you? How awesome. Like, he didn't pull any punches to the lost, to those that he came, or he showed compassion. He ate with them. He walked with them. He shared with them. He didn't lose his identity while he was around them. But to the religious, to those who were in his way, oh, oh no, he dealt with them. I love that. Yes. Jesus. Ah, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But we are the descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave... He's not a permanent member of the family, but a son, come on, is a part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. I'm telling you what I saw when I was with my father but you are following the advice of your father. Our father is Abraham, they declared. <laughs> no, Jesus replied. For if you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, you're trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. No, you are imitating your real father. And they replied, We are Ill illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. And Jesus told them, If God were your father, you would love me. Because I have come to you from God. I'm not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I am saying? It is because you can't even hear me. Oh, Jesus. For you are the children of your father, the devil. And you love to do evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth. 
because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell you the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Which of you can <laughs> truthfully accuse me of sin? And since I'm telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God. But you don't listen because you don't belong to God. The people retorted, you Samaritan devil. Didn't we say all along that you were possessed by a demon? Or by, yeah, by a demon? <laughs> no, Jesus said. I have no demon in me. For I honor my father, and you dishonor me. And though I have no wish to glorify myself, God is going to glorify me. He is the true judge. I tell you the truth, anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. The people said, now we know you are possessed by a demon. Even Abraham and the prophets died. But you say, anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? And Jesus answered, if I want glory for myself, it doesn't count. But it is my father who will glorify me. You say he is our God, but you don't even know him. I know him. If I said otherwise, I would be as great a liar as you. But I do know him and obey him. Your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. Yes, Jesus. He saw it and was glad. The people said, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you have seen Abraham? And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born, I am. At that point, they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. Now listen to you all. Man, that doesn't get you excited about your faith in Christ. Not about you, but about Jesus. He didn't mince words, you all. He sets the captives free. What he begins, he finishes. <clears throat> He's very direct with the powers of darkness in the religious world system and even our own rebellious self. He is who he is. And he came to glorify the Father. And through him, man, God has brought forth the people of God. That from the beginning, from the beginning all the way to the end, God's plan and God's purpose, that he will have a people, that he would be their God, and they would be his people, that they would love him with their whole being because he's God you all not here today and gone tomorrow not fleeting oh this season's great my life isn't God good and then all of a sudden he's not God any longer because we get the call because this happens or that happens our life is pressing up against us no 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 he's God 
when you truly can have the hope that you are secured in Christ, not of your own religious works, but because what he has accomplished, it's freeing you all. You don't have to hide any longer in Christ. You don't have to hide any longer. That's why I love that, that beautiful testimony of the woman that came to him. And he tells her, no, I've come to feed the people of Israel. She says, oh, don't even the dogs get the crumbs? I said, yes. And even Jesus responded to her, like, oh, oh, faith. Like he calls us to believe you all. He doesn't make it easy. He doesn't make it easy. But what he does is makes a way. Through him. That's where we're going to end today. And so I do hope that you're encouraged. Encouraged for your own life. And then encouraged to get out there and to burn bright for others. To get beyond where you've been and get to where you're going. To live differently. To think differently. To act differently. You know, I'm running to people from my old life and it's like, you're not even the same. My mannerism, everything. It's not because I sought out to do it. It just, it just started happening. And when I talk about that old man, it's like he's dead. Like, I remember. But it's dead. And that's my hope for all of us is that you're reckoning yourself dead, but alive in Christ. Because yes. it's not by might, nor by power, mm-hmm. but it's by His Spirit in and through us. He loves us. He's called us out. There's work to do, you all, for the kingdom. Amen. We're to be effective laborers. Yeah, yeah, we need to be praying to the Lord of the harvest, but for goodness sakes, a lot of times we're doing a lot of praying, but we're not doing a lot of moving. Oh, Lord, send someone. Well, he's sending you. <laughs> so we just got we just gotta respond, you all. We just gotta respond. This is these are exciting times. These are exciting times. I mean, goodness gracious. <laughs> and to know that you were purposely placed for this time. Yes. Not an accident. You were purposely placed for this. His image. Like, what? Just sit on that. Be like, what does that look like? What does that mean? To take the Word of God and place it over your life. And when you see the areas of your life that aren't in line, okay, Lord, you've revealed this to me. Work it in me, Father. Like, I want to be able to lay it down. I don't want to keep picking it back up. Help me, Holy Spirit, to, to, to take thoughts captive. Help me to get up from the cycle that I just keep finding myself in. I just keep making excuses to be in. Like, no, I don't have to live a defeated life. And it's not that I'm trying to change my outward circumstances. Then I'm okay. No, no, no. I want this in here to change. Because maybe this never changes. And I've had to say that to people over the years. Like, I'm not offering you a way out 
of your circumstances. Because one of your circumstances never change. Is he still God? Because he's changing you in it. And then I'll leave you with just a reminder. My favorite reminder, if you've been around here long enough, about those women in India. All right? I think about them all the time. I pray about them all the time. It's the best testimony. One of my favorite testimonies. I've had multiple ones. One of my favorites. I mean, they live in the dump. Like, in the class, in the environment of India. And, like, they're down. I mean, they're, like, there's no hope. You're never getting out. You got nothing. You're never climbing out of this. But these missionaries go in to the dump and begin to share Jesus. And these, and they got so many gods over there. And these women are getting saved in the dump. Like when I tell you, I wish, I wish I could show you the picture. Like they live under trash. They barrel out and they set up their homes. They give their lives to Jesus. The missionaries leave. These women are so empowered by the Holy Spirit. Their lives begin to change. And they begin to take the filth that, they, that they're in. They begin to clean it up. Come on, brother. And these other women in the community are like, what are they doing? What's going on? And all of a sudden, their lives are different. They're walking differently. They're out in the community differently. They're, 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 their trash, their heap looks presentable. Like all of a sudden, they're not looking to climb out. Oh, no, keep us in because there's work to be done. We've got to reach our other sisters. I mean, when you hear these women speak, you're just like, what? Yeah. And then when the missionaries go back and they see what's expected. In the dumps in India, the church is on fire. And I'm like, Jesus, yes. Only Jesus. The world, the government, everything around them can tell them you're of, still of no value. You're nothing. You're never going to be nothing. But their lives have changed. And then not only that, a lot of them are suffering intense persecutions and beatings yeah. because they don't follow the other gods. Mm. And yet, the testimony was they would crawl back <laughs> to their little place and you can hear them worshiping God. I'm like, and we crumble <laughs> because we're behind on electric bill. Oh God, my life's all apart. Whatever's going on in our life, we, we just crumble. I'm like, come on, no, no, come on, come on, come on. We gotta get up. We gotta get up. So I just want to leave you with that. I just want to inspire you all. I don't know what's gonna be ahead of you this week. Oh, but stand and stand there for that, you all. Yes. I'm gonna close this with this last song of worship, and then I'll close this in prayer. Yes. Oh, thank you, Lord.
Father, thank you, Lord. Wow. God, you're so good. <laughs>